Peak Performance Plus presents the Summit Club Podcast, your business roundtable discussion for sales and business leaders with your host, Bill Stats. Hi, and welcome to the Summit Club, a business roundtable. I'm your host, Bill Stats, and I'm with our Summit Club team, Rick Feinblad. Hi, Rick. Good morning, Bill. John Thane. Hi, JT. Hey, pleasure to be here, gentlemen. And John Nevekis. Hi, John. Hey, how's it going? As we typically do, our conversation is around the current business subject or book of some significance, or even an interview with a guest contributor. And today, we're going to talk about uh, an issue that was brought up by one of the folks listening to our podcast. It's a question from Justin in Kansas City, and he says to us, I work in a three-ring circus. Every member of my team is different and does a different act. Is there anything I can do to better connect with them and understand why the heck they do stuff different than I do? So today, gentlemen, let's put that out on the table and have a discussion about how people behave, how they do what they do, and if we could identify some themes, maybe we can adjust and better understand them, which understanding a lot of times leads to better communication. What do you think? Well, Justin, I think you're in luck because um, we've been meaning to do this podcast for a while, but your question really forced things to have this come to the front here. There's a process called DISC, D-I-S-C. It's an acronym. This process, you can take it yourself. You can have a prospect employee take it, and that is a personality test of sorts that's going to let you get an idea of how this individual is wired. And it's been a, the challenge has been around not just Justin. I mean... Uh, Aristotle was trying to figure out why people do what they do and that was 322 BC when human beings sitting in their caves are trying to figure out God, the guy in the cave next door is driving me crazy. We're trying to get a theme to understand how people behave and how you can connect with them. So DISC is, uh, is a label that's put on a particular approach to this whole style or personality issue. And it stands for D, dominance, I, influence, S, steadiness, or C, compliance or caution. And it tends to give you a picture, a profile, as to what your dominant behavior looks like. Are are you a dominant personality? Are you an influencing social personality? Are you a steady Eddie or steady Elaine and you're very, very well balanced in how you do things and deliberate? Or are you a very cautious person? You know, we would look to for roles like accounting, engineering and stuff like that. So today, if we can explain, uh, we'll call it an instrument or a resource or a tool to help you and help Justin understand what the heck are they this other person thinking about when they do what they do and try to create a roadmap to connect with them. The way the way I understand it, this isn't a report or an assessment that really explains and defines kind of who we are and how we go about doing things. Uh, it gives us an idea of what our strengths are, how we communicate, and you know, this is important to understanding how we fit in with the rest of the organization. It's equally important if everybody in the organization takes this assessment 
we understand who has various traits that when deployed properly work together. I mean, there's many reports out there that say if you have two dominant people in, in, in an organization, that, that may not work. You need, maybe you need someone who's more compliant to make that, that situation work. So this is a great tool to understand not only who you are, but maybe who you're not. Yeah, I, look, I mean, I think uh, knowing yourself better and knowing the people you work with better can, can only help in the work environment. And I think naturally, we all sort of try to, we sort of figure this out on our own with not words that, uh, you know, like disc and influence. But the advantage of, of this, again, is it, it, it'll tell you what you're good at. It'll tell you what you're not so good at. And, and guess what? Everybody's good at certain things, and all of us have things that we are not particularly good at. And it really can help match you up with other people in your workspace who would complement you and who would work well together. As you mentioned, you know, two dominant people might kill each other. Uh, and maybe they <laughs> ought not to be working together. Right. But, you know, these styles all can work together. They can work together well. And, and knowing what you are and knowing what the people around you are, I, I think, only can help improve your performance and the company's performance. And it just might help you clarify once you have the results of everybody on your team, oh, well, that person is a blah, blah, blah. Right. Now it makes sense to me. Right. And now I know why I never liked him. <laughs> <laughs> this always brings me back to, and I know you, my fellow panelists here, are probably well aware of the fact that one of my favorite business expressions is one that I've mentioned in numerous other podcasts that we've done, is the most dangerous people in an organization are those who don't know what they don't know. And this is a little bit of a roadmap. If you don't know what you don't know, you either know that that's something you need to improve on, or maybe there's someone else in the organization that's very good at that, and that's when you bring them into the picture. So, you know, knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, and knowing those of others allow you to build an effective team. You know, it, it's interesting because we as subjects have all done this care, and when you look at the reports, the folks out there that might be listening can't see it, but we're all clustered around the same area of a wheel that kind of distributes the different styles and like the face of a clock. And when a listener, as one just did yesterday, said to, to JT and I, I'm really surprised and impressed that you guys all kind of seem to fit together when you're doing a podcast and nobody's kind of banging into or talking over somebody. And that's pretty interesting. And the bottom line is because we're all complementary styles. And I'm not suggesting that people out there have to replace others that match them. But what I am suggesting is people have preferences. And people are most comfortable with people just like them. And so it doesn't mean you need to change your birth situation or your childhood upbringing, but it does mean that you could adjust the way you behave to be more complementary to other folks around you and how they behave. But as JT, as you just said, you got to, the first thing you got to do is try to figure out what, where are they coming from? What is their, their style imprint or footprint? And how can I adjust what I do to, uh, to complement that style instead of confronting it or obstructing it. Now, anybody that's listening to this, you can get the full-on DISC research done, which is 
it's going to give you like a, a 50, 60 something page document about anything and everything about the results of that test. And we'll have a link for that on the show notes. But what we're also going to have for you on this particular episode, we're going to have a mini free version. So if you click through and you go to the, the podcast website, summitclubpodcast.com, find the episode here about disc, you're going to have a, a one pager with about 20 questions on it. You fill that out. And it's going to have directions and everything on it, but that will give you the, the down and dirty version of where you're going to fall on this disc. You know, I, one of the things, when I saw the mini version, I've always thought this is a great tool when you're hiring people, you know, get, get a good understanding of where they fit in in the beginning. This also goes back to a number of podcasts that we've done on team building and coaching in the past. This gives a leader an opportunity to understand what people's strengths and weaknesses are. And, you know, a great coach who I'll leave nameless because he didn't coach for the Philadelphia Eagles once said that his role as a head coach was to put people in a position to succeed. This is a tool that will allow you to do that, whether you're a Fortune 500 company or you're a small company with six employees. It's a great resource that often is not recognized or taken advantage of. I mean, Bill, you had mentioned uh, when we were talking about disc and everything before we hit the record button today that the style of the people can even help determine if your employee isn't quite right. So if you have somebody that is a C, which is more of a very cautious person, that might not be the best personality fit for a very aggressive, demanding sales job. Spot on. Rick, you could certainly talk about that. Yeah, it's not. And by the way, uh, most successful organizations have one or more people of each of these styles working for them because you need that. So generally, if you're a D or an I, you're going to probably be decent in sales. But, you know, if you're a bookkeeper, you're probably better off as a C. And that's that's not, you know, a, a knock on bookkeepers. It's just a matter of who they are, what kind of work they like to do. And what they excel at. It's just how you're wired. It's just how you're wired. Mm-hmm. So there's not a there's not a right thing or a wrong thing, and there's not necessarily a good thing or a bad thing to be, but understanding what what you're good at and and finding a spot for you that fits your skill set is the important part. And that's what you know the, the disc survey will do for you. You know, it's funny when you it shouldn't be about sport, but it's almost any classification of activity. You see the difference. Of performance when people more easily relate to each other and that they support and acknowledge each other and really I mean when you famous people we, we could spend a lot of time just talking about the fact that some of the folks that you see on television and movies and whatever Charles Barkley is a high D for those folks out there Madonna is a high D John McEnroe is a high D very high D. Yeah. <laughs> Michael Douglas uh, is a high D. Cher is a high D. And it's not all about Ds because high eyes, people like Bette Midler and Schwarzenegger and Tony Danza and Oprah, Steve Martin, they're all high eyes. They're social animals. They're really, they, they get energized by interacting with, with other people. And just think about what the value might be if you had a good handle on how you behave, and you could adjust that behavior to better match up with those folks around you. Because it's almost like there's an expression about vinegar and honey and whatever, and you get more bees with honey than you do with 
with uh, vinegar. So, well, you know, when you look within the structure of an organization, each of these, the D, the I, the S, the C acronym, probably are more important depending on the department that you're in. I mean, if I'm the CEO of a company, I want my accounting department to be a high C. I want them to be compliant. You know, I don't want them to, you know, maybe have a, a high D and decide that they're going to rewrite tax yeah, you know, law you on my tax return there. every uh, every yeah, year. Let's round those <laughs> yeah. hundreds of thousands off. It's close enough. Yeah. And, and you know, maybe human resources needs an I, an influencer, or 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 a, you know, a steady social person. So you know. Knowing where people fit in in the disc profile and what department they're in is going to be critical to having people in the right places to succeed. You know, the funny thing now, John, you just brought up a few minutes ago about we're going to have these documents up there that folks out there listening can go up on the website and download them. And somebody out there is thinking, well, okay, so I do that, I answer the 20 questions, and I figure out that I'm a high eye. How does that help me with the rest of the circus? Well, the way it helps you is make copies of that questionnaire that you download. And I want you to just sit down and fill out that questionnaire on Bob that's in uh, project management that drives you nuts and see where you think Bob is. And again, you just have to fit. You want to be right or you want to be successful. And the right thing looks like I'm doing my job. What's wrong with that? And it's like, well, won't you be more successful at your job if you kind of adjust how you're communicating with Bob and project management so that you get a better result for your effort quicker? And that's really what we're all about. We're trying to help you be more effective by better understanding yourself and then taking that understanding and pushing it on the outside of those around you. When I got involved with these guys for the podcast, and we started talking about the disc earlier on, about wanting to do this. Uh, Bill Stats had each one of us take the disc, the, the full-on version of it. And I'll be honest, walking into it, I thought this was more of one of those glorified, like, Vogue magazine tests kind of a thing. You take the test, and you're reading it, and you're like, that really is me. Uh, so it, it, it's odd, and, and whoever put this together in the big picture, I mean, good job. But it, even the, uh, the smaller one works. His name was William Marston, if anyone cares. Yeah. Yeah. A long time ago. So even if uh, you're remotely interested in it, it's just a fun exercise. You might learn a little bit about yourself and confirm things that you really didn't want to realize about yourself. Yeah. I just, as, as a cautionary, uh, the 20-question one will give you an idea of sort of where you fit. The difference between that and the full disc is really night and day. Oh, yeah. Because with a full disc, you know, it, it really gets into where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are. And what we used to use it, I used to hire people with it, but if I've hired somebody after that, I use the disk survey as a management tool because it sits and tells you, okay, here's some things you're really good at, here's some areas you're not good at. So if you can identify them before they become problems, if they become a problem, they're a lot easier to deal with because it's, it's right there. I mean, you did the disk, you saw that, we reviewed it before we hired you, and now you know it's starting to show itself, so we need to get on top of it and we need to manage it. The only way that's gonna happen is if you have a full disk. So, Rick, when you would hire somebody, you would give them the full disc. Yes. And then you present that to that person to say, this is who you are, if you know it or not. Like, how does that go? Well, I mean, you know, if we'll make a decision whether we're going to hire you or not. If we then hire you, you have the full disc. You have all the information. It's yours. You should have it. We have a copy of it. And we sit down and go, okay, let's review it together. 
let's see what you think, let me offer some observations, and it, it becomes a great management tool. Right. Now, you guys probably heard the story about many years ago. I was running a sales training class, and there was a fellow in the class, we'll call him Bill M., in case he's out there listening, and DISC was part of the sales training. You just needed to do it to give you a roadmap on how to improve and how you relate to prospects and customers. Anyway, I get a, a voicemail on my office line from Bill M., and he says, I'm really pissed off. It's not me. I don't, I don't even want to think about it, and it hangs up. So a week or so later, we have a sales training class, and we're in a conference room, and it's about 10 or 12 people there, and Bill M. comes walking into the room. And I said, uh, hey, Bill, I got your voicemail after class. If you have a minute, I'll, you know, sometimes these things are wrong. Why don't we just talk about it? He goes, nope, nope, no reason. Everything's fine. And, uh, shoes. Class ends. Bill, can you just talk to me? I tell you, it, I, I, I don't need to talk about it. And I said, well, what happened? Because you were really angry when you left the voicemail. He said, my wife read the report. <laughs> and it was, for him, a huge blind spot where he just didn't see what others saw and how he behaved. And his wife was like, what, are you nuts? Of course that's you. Take that story to a few years after that, and I'm doing business with a large consumer products company in Cincinnati, Ohio, and I'm not going to mention the name, but there's one that's really, really globally huge there. And we're doing disc reports on a very large sales team. And I get a comment from about 60 different people in the audience from like half of them saying, um, if, my, if I wanted my wife to take this or my significant other, and I said, easily done, we'll even give you a reduced rate. And I called it the spousal program. <laughs> and about a third of those folks in that room had their spouses log on and take the disc assessment. And it was like, it's really, it's really good. Uh, is it good for everybody? No, I'm not saying that. But there's a lot of folks out there that could benefit from some insight into how they do what they do, and they go from there. Bill, you know, interesting uh, thought on that. You know, originally we talked about how this worked in management organizations and managers and CEOs. Now you're talking about how it may help you in personal relationships, whether it's wife or, or whatever. And, and what you learn about that person and your interaction. But, you know, as you gentlemen know, I coach a number of small businesses on, you know, a number of things, you know, uh, tactical improvement plans, growth strategies, and so forth. And, you know, a lot of times I've heard a strategy is that someone wants to bring on a partner or we're going to set up a real estate, real estate development company and this person has construction background and I have sales and marketing backgrounds. And I realized that a lot of times people are making large investments, a half a million dollars, a million dollars with a person who they may know their, their, their skill set, but they don't necessarily know who they are as, as a person and how they interact with other people. And when you think about going out and, and bringing in a partner to your business or developing a new business with a partner, a member, a stockholder, whatever you want to call them, and you really don't understand how they work and how they interact. That's insanity. To make a million dollar investment and not really know who you're in business with. 
That's true. <laughs> you know, I don't know who said it, but there's some thing where it says keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. <laughs> I mean, it, that's what we're talking about, you know, really trying to make sure you have a good, secure connection with whoever you're partnering with, whether it's in life or in business or recreation. So if you're a one-man shop and you're looking to get a partner, you take the test, you know that you're a high D. And then this other partner, you're going to have them take the test, and it turns out she's a high D as well. There's a good chance that's not going to really jive. Or even if it, you know, it could still be the right relationship, you just know that you're probably going to have to bring another personality, whether it's your accountant or, or someone else in the organization, is going to have to balance that out. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, all high Ds aren't identical people. I mean, there's little subsets of each of them, so two high Ds maybe could, could, could work together. But the key there would be knowing, okay, so we're both good at this, you're better at this part of, this, uh, of our organization, and I'm a little bit better at that. So rather than argue with each other, let's just sort of break it up that way. There's just put boundaries yeah. in there. And by, and by the way, the, the cost, I don't know, don't remember what it is today, just hiring anybody. Uh, I don't care if they're a secretary, I don't care what, what their, their, their job's going to be. And having them not work out and having to fire them and having to replace them is a lot higher than giving somebody a disc. Especially in this employment market. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> There's not a lot of people lined up outside no. waiting to get in. No. But it'll give you some information that'll help you hedge your bets so and maybe, you know, you make the right choice. Uh, so I guess for anyone that's listening, do yourself a favor, go to the website, download the disc, take it. Now, when we have a part two of this episode, you said, Bill, we're going to do, uh, we're all going to say what we scored on this thing? We'll let the listeners get an we'll, idea. We'll we talk are. a little bit about our individual uh, reports, but we'll also talk about how you can, in some detail, apply what you learn. What's it, what does it really look like on the ground level? Uh, I'll give you an example, and not to do it today, but to do it on, on part two. So you're a manager out there, and you've got, and it doesn't matter whether it's a sales team, a production team, on the safety committee, whatever. You got somebody there that always seems to be up against you. And if you say blue, they say white. If you say gray, they say green. And you're trying to figure out, you know, I can't afford to get rid of them. How can I make this thing work better? In some cases, if you understand, to Rick's point, maybe they're a D, and maybe you're a D, and, you know, that person's looking for a win. Their self-esteem is in a place where they want to be right. Well, sometimes you just, when you understand that, need to set up an opportunity for them to work on their own. Do the entire whatever that commitment was from beginning to end and get the recognition of success to satisfy that part of an aggressive or assertive personality. And in other cases, it's trying to pull people in that aren't high eyes. They're not social people. They're, uh, they'll work in a room by themselves with the door closed for hours on end. That's a C. That's a compliant person, attention to detail, perfection. We're going to, in part two, try to give you some insight on how you can manage you. It's management 101. Any college USA, you can't manage what you can't control. The only thing we really can control is ourselves. So stop trying to manage other other things. Adjust yourself to be more effective. And just as a sketch, the numbers, the analytics show that about 
40% of the folks out there in the world are high S's. They're steady relators. They're even-paced, sequential people. About 28% are high I's, influencers, social. Uh, they love people. They work well with people. They enjoy people. About 18% are dominants, high D's. Get it done. Do it now, whatever it takes. And the balance of 14% are high C's. They're detail-oriented, they're professional service providers, engineers, architects, accountants. So that's really the game overview. And next time, we'll be able to get a little further down in the weeds and help you see um, you've got more tools available to you than you could imagine once you better understand yourself. Anything else today, guys? I think... That's it for now. No, I think that's it. Justin, thanks for your question. You spurred a really good episode today. <laughs> well, thanks for listening. And don't forget to check out the summitclubpodcast.com website for other episodes. And at the same time, hit the document button up there on this episode and get those, te- like a test, an assessment, 20 questions, and a descriptive page about each style. And do yourself a favor. Get a little bit deeper into how you do what you do so that you can better understand other people. We come to you uh, from beautiful downtown Plymouth Meeting, PA. If you like what you've heard, tell somebody, a friend, an associate, a boss. Keep in mind that the Roundtable does all kinds of business consulting, meeting presentations, marketing resources, and one-on-one coaching. For myself, for Rick, JT, and John, here's to your climb to the summit. To learn more about the Summit Club Podcast, please find us online at www.summitclubpodcast.com. The Summit Club Podcast is recorded and produced by Inertia Marketing and Design, a full-service marketing, digital, and graphic communications agency. You can find them at www.inertia.marketing. Thanks for listening to the Summit Club Podcast, and we'll see you at the top.